Hello everybody and welcome to Overwatch Now, your one-stop shop for all things Overwatch for both casual and competitive season. I am your host, Music Man, and here with me is a guest co-host filling in for Dylan the Dude as he's struggling through some real-life scenarios happening. Um, talk to him more uh, if you're curious as to what is going on, but I can tell you right now it's not making him happy. So here with me instead is the double A12, but I call him Aaron. Hi, how's everyone doing? <laughs> Do, uh, doing alright. How are you doing, by the way? Uh, good. Just got off work. Just relaxing. Uh, uh, awesome. So, so yeah, quite a few things happened in Overwatch as far as the most recent past changes. Like, I know that there was one that happened yeah, yesterday at the time of, from the time of recording that was mainly just bug fixes. But on Tuesday, we got a pretty hefty patch coming into Overwatch. Who got introduced into the game? Uh, that would be Echo, the new... <sighs> DPS. You say that with such, a uh, depression. I'm not gonna get into that. I think everyone has the same opinion here. Well, in case you missed the patch notes, Echo is a new DPS hero. Very interesting hero. If you don't know the full details, um, episode one, Dylan and I talk about a lot of the things that Echo has, like how she can shoot basically from her fingertips in a triangular fashion. She has a beam, sticky bombs, all that fun stuff. And uh, yeah, have you gotten any chance to play with her at all? I haven't had a chance to play with her. I've been playing... i played a few games against her. And what do you think? Uh, well, keep in mind, this is at Silver, so take what I say with a grain of salt. Um, she... She seems easy to focus down, for me at least, but again, I might not be playing with the best players. Her ultimate, though, definitely is game-changing. Like, as soon as you hear the ultimate, I just know I have to focus her. And get her out of that form. Yeah, it's funny because with my team, we've had a recent argument on whether or not she's broken because we have my main tank player saying that she's not really good at all, while my team manager is saying that she's broken as all hell. Where do you think you fall in that spectrum? Uh, I don't think she's broken like I think it's just a matter of time until people learn how how to counter her and how to play around her she's gonna be good the first couple weeks but I think people will eventually adapt uh, all right so that's a little bit on echo another change that we've gotten is with the practice range we got a training partner in the practice range range now yeah so if you've ever wanted to Relieve some stress on that tracer that keeps killing you over and over again. Now you can. Or maybe just practice, you know, the flashbang headshot technique as McCree. You know, that also works. No, it works. But the training partner does have every hero in the in the game available as of now. Now we know that there's going to be at least five new heroes coming out soon that are already in alpha testing. So, really looking forward to seeing what comes next after Echo, assuming that Overwatch 2 doesn't drop. Yeah, 
Uh, same here. But yeah, yeah. But any, you know. But anyways, mo moving on now. There is also a hero update with Tracer herself. Speaking of which, according to the patch notes, there's an improved accuracy with the blink mechanic. That, according to the patch notes, it says that improved the accuracy of Tracer's blink movement. Such that Tracer will most likely end up where the crosshair is pointing. I think that means that it, they're just doing things to make Tracer more consistent. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the most experience with Tracer. I've maybe played her for like five minutes total in my Overwatch career, but it's nice to see, nice to see her getting fixed. Of course, I, I don't think that people are going to notice much of a change because everybody's going to be too busy playing Echo for the first couple of weeks. True. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it as far as the patch notes. Now, before we move on to the competitive side of things, we actually have a little bit of a teaser from Papa Jeff himself for those that pay attention to the forums. Want to lead us into this a little bit more? Well, from what I've been told, um, anyone who's followed Overwatch knows they've recently inter introduced an experimental card where they tweak character stats, they might tweak the amount of heroes from a certain category you can have. From what we have been told, the next experimental card is going to focus on CC crowd control and how characters respond to that. So things like Doomfist Punch, or I, or I guess Arissa's Halt. I mean, some of the common ones that we've been seeing as far as CC has been Briggs Bash, McCree Stun, stuff like that. Like that. So I didn't even think about the Doomfist Punch being as a uh, crowd control ability. Yeah, that's just up top of my head. I'm sure there's a lot of examples I'm missing. Um, but, I don't know, what do you think that they would you know, change from CC and how they interact? Like, a lot of my thoughts tend to gravitate towards reducing the amount, not or the length that the CC ha happens, like, instead of decreased flashbang stunning for one second, it stuns for half a second. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I don't think there's any character that really needs to be buffed in terms of CC. So, probably they'd go towards nerfing them. I mean, speaking of nerfs, Reinhardt actually got recently a nerf to prevent the CC activity. Because I don't know if you saw from last week, we talked a little bit about how the Reinhardt's, nah, Reinhardt's passive, instead of it reducing the CC by 50%, it reduced it by 30%. That's a pretty significant nerf. Yeah, like... You get Reinhardt out of position, your team's gonna crumble pretty fast. Yeah, the game is so centered around Reinhardt, which, speaking of which, is gonna rotate us over to the competitive pool. Now, we have Reinhardt eliminated, or not eliminated, out of rotation. We have McCree and Widowmaker out of rotation, and we have Brig all out of rotation. And this is for both the competitive ladder and Overwatch League and contenders. 
Damn, they really don't like Reinhardt. They... But... They just don't like continue. shields, I don't know what to tell you. But, but if that were the case, then we'd be seeing more of a ban on Orisa or Sigma or something like, uh, like that. True. But, uh, yeah. No, but yeah, no, another thing that um, a lot of people are saying is that they also really like Farah because of the ban on Victory and Widowmaker. And I'm just like, you have Ash, you have Soldier, you have Bastion, you have other counters to Farah. Yeah, it, it's not like that one week where they banned, like, Soldier and Widow and McCree and Farah was just oh. uncontested. <laughs> well, I mean, there was some contention. We did have Ash seen in that match for that week. Yeah, but who plays Ash? No. More people now, apparently, because of what they decided to do as far as the changes. The real question is, who plays Bastion, really? <laughs> But, but yeah, this, however, for the hero pool, the only thing that's different is that this is the first unified hero pool that we've seen for competitive Overwatch, but the last time that we saw McCree, Ryan, and Widow all banned was actually in OWL, like, second week that this pool was implemented, which, I don't know, it wasn't the second week, was it? It was the first week. I wouldn't, I will know for sure. Okay, well, what do you think we'll be seeing more with these hero pools? Um, just them trying to force people to experiment, forcing them to try different comps than what they're used to and try to play heroes that they're not used to. So, like, what compositions are you expecting to see? Because so far, I've been seeing a quite, quite significant amount of Orisa Sigma. I've always... I've, also seen Sigma Ball at some point. Is there anything that strikes you as odd in your competitive experience? Um, I have been seeing a lot more Sigma, and I've been playing a lot more Sigma, and I've grown to like the hero, but other than that, I don't see anything too odd. I, I, so Sigma is, uh, I'm in Silver, and nothing is unusual. <laughs> While at the same time, everything is unusual. I've been there, trust me. So yeah, it sounds like Sigma players better uh, better hold on to your nah, hats because he might be on the chopping block next week, depending on what pros play, nah, play and what high tier no nah, ladder players play. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, now we're going to move over to the predictions for the Overwatch League. Nah, league and nah, well, first I want to thank Aaron for being. Being here, I know that you don't follow much of the uh, competitive scene, so everything is just going to be yeah. The better team is going to win. Like you can tell me, I'm wrong. Whatever. But no, but yeah, no. Um, and anything you want to uh, say about yourself, like any shameless self promo or any cry for help to get out of silver. Uh, I guess I'd just say, if you're not already, check out Level Up for Charity, which music is a part of, and which I help kind of moderate. Uh, we are currently working with Level Up for Suicide Prevention, raising money for them. You're going to have a 24-hour live stream, hopefully, sometime in the future. Curse you, COVID-19. 
<laughs> but yeah, th no, thanks for tuning on, and uh, I wish you a lot of luck in your games, man. Alright, thank you. But anyways, moving on. Now, we're going to be talking a lot about the competitive scene. Now, real quick, one thing that I forgot to mention and in turn forgot to ask Aaron about is his thoughts about the competitive open playlist that is currently in the arcade part. That is completely my bad, but in case you missed it, so... Similar to how we have the regular competitive card, we have in the arcade a competitive open card, which basically means if you want to run GOATS, provided that the heroes that are needed in GOATS are not in the hero pool, simple, meaning that they're in rotation, then you can run GOATS. There's no roll queue, no limit to how many rolls there are. It was, it's basically competitive before roll queue plus the addition of the hero pool, which, again, to me, it kind of makes sense because you want to keep competitive Overwatch consistent. I don't, that being said, I don't know if they're going to do that with the other competitive modes, like competitive CTS, competitive 3v3s, or competitive 6v6. But that's the major news as far as competitive Overwatch is going, which, by the way, you can actually play Echo in competitive. I personally am not a fan of that idea, but... Again, these are things that kind of just happen and are beyond my control. So, we're going to move on to some of the predictions and scoring updates for the Overwatch League. Earlier today, meaning Thursday, we had two fantastic matches that you should definitely watch the VOD. More of one over the other, but I'll get to that in a moment. The first match that we had was Atlanta Reigns versus Washington Justice. Now, originally, I was thinking, okay, Washington, if they get the control point, then that's good on them, and they can at least win with a point under, or a map win under their belt, but Atlanta just shut them down so, so hard, ended up winning the series 3-0, to zero, which, you know, part of it was expected, like, I didn't think that Washington was going to, you know, win after all of their uh, performances issues that they've been having. However, big props to Tuba for you know for his performance, especially on Route 66. That that to me was just mind blowing. That is what star players should be doing all the time. And a lot of them do. Most of them do, if not all of them you know, do. But if there was one takeaway that I could say from Atlanta versus Washington is that Tuba just had a showing. So props to him. Sorry that his team didn't get the victory, but it just can't be helped. It is a team-based game. One player cannot carry an entire match. But anyways, now we're going to move on to the Los Angeles Gladiators versus the Los Angeles Valiants. Both of these teams, I've when it came to the battle for Los Angeles, every time it happens, it is just so, so good to watch. Like, I may be overhyping it, but if you watch this VOD, this is the VOD that I said that I used to watch it in particular. If you watch this VOD, then basically you understand why I'm hyping this up so much. Both teams played out of their mind with Gladiators just taking control wherever they can on the first two maps and in the last map. And LA Valiant just poised to get that reverse sweep. It was right there in the palm of their hands, but... It just didn't happen, and Gladiators ended up winning 3-2. to two. 
but it was by no means a definitive 3-2. to two. It really could have gone either way, so... Ooh, I really felt for the Valiants, for having victory be going to away like that. That is just majorly oof. But still, GG's to all the teams that played today. Now we're going to move on to later matches. And by later, I mean like 15 hours later? Is that, am I doing my math? That's right. Anyway, anyways, regardless of that, up next we have Florida Mayhem versus Paris Eternal. Two, two teams that are very known for their DPS lineup, more so than anything. With Paris, we have Soon and Nico. With Florida, we have BQB, Matt, and uh, I'm already forgetting the other DPS's name. The name uh, Dylan's gonna kill me for this. But anyways, both teams do have performances that are really standout. Like neither of these teams should sleep on any other or worse. Come to me. Neither of these teams should sleep on their opponents. That's what I meant to say. However, Paris has been looking like the stronger team. And I am expecting soon to come out with either a Tracer or a Sombra play now that Sombra is back in rotation for competitive Overwatch. But I'm also expecting Florida to pull up a major upset. So my final prediction here that I'm going to lock in is that this is going to be a 3-1 victory for the Paris Eternals. I just think that their lineup is just too good to be stopped both before and after Hips. No retirement, and yeah, that's still gonna be a fun matchup to watch. Now, the next matchup, eh, not so much, honestly. It's gonna it's Boston Uprising versus Toronto Defiant, and with Boston, uh, for those of you that missed the news over on Twitter, Swimmer is no longer a part of the Boston Uprising lineup. Now, I don't know what happened. But it does seem that the decision was mutual between the organization and Swimmer. But that does leave with a six-man active roster for the Boston Uprising. They only have Jerry and Colorhex as their DPS. They only have Fusions and Brucen as their tank. And they only have Mewbong and Halo as their support. Which, don't get me wrong. All of them are phenomenal players, but they still struggle. They've been running that lineup ever since they picked up Halo, and and that's not even including the things that happened with uh, Mufin. But still, they've been running that lineup for quite some time now. You would think that they have a strong footing in what they're going to do, but they just haven't been looking anything resembling that of a pro-level team. Maybe top contenders, but that's about it. And it breaks my heart, really. Like, I love good Overwatch competitive play as much as the next guy, but to see a pro team be performing as if they were playing on contenders, that to me is just heartbreaking. I expected more from them, so unfortunately that does that is going to lead me to giving the victory over to Toronto 3-0, and that at this point nothing can change my mind about that. Like Toronto has stellar players in Logic, in Sherport, in Agility, in Beast, in Cup... Not Color Hex, that's Boston. In, um, 
Kellex, I believe his name is, and Kariv, pick a, pick a person on Toronto. Any one of them is a star player. Nevix even, that's the offense that I was missing. Eh. So, I don't know. I just don't see Boston just winning any of their matches, that matches in the near future. Now, granted, when I say near future, I mean within the couple of months. Things could happen between now and then, and even afterwards. Maybe Boston will pick up whatever it is that they're missing, but for now, I just don't see that happening, so I'm going to give this victory over to Toronto, which moves us right along to Dallas Fuel versus San Francisco Shock. Both of them have been seeing a bit of a trend. Dallas Fuel has been going upwards, San Francisco Shock has been going downwards. Both of these teams, however, are really, really strong teams in their lineups and in their capabilities as well. Not as well. However, I do think that Dallas is going to win this. It's not going to be an easy win, mind you, but I do think that this is going to go to Dallas 3-2 for one reason. I know that Smurf, as of right now, has the better Orisa statistics, but I do believe that Gansu's Orisa is just as strong. So, it really comes down to how both of them play Orisa and what their relationship is with their offense. For Dallas, it's most likely Note. For San Fran, it's most likely Choyobin. I say most likely because there have been times where, I'm, where I've said that they're going to play these players and that hasn't happened. So I'm trying to cover my grounds there. So I think whoever has the better tank lineup will win this in 3-2 fashion. And I think that the current, the current tank lineup that is the better of the two is with the Dallas Fuel. Now, that gets rid of all of our afternoon matches, so we move over to the AM matches. Starting at 4 o'clock in the morning Eastern Standard Time, we have the Chengdu Hunters versus the Guangzhou Charge. Chengdu, if there was any meta that they would have the opportunity to shine on, it would be this. Chengdu has probably one of the better ball diva comps I have ever seen in Overwatch Watch League. So as long as they stick to that and focus on basically letting Amang do ball things, letting Elsa do diva things, letting Jinbu do Jinbu things, if they can stick with that, then this should at least be a close fight. However, Wang Zhao has been looking very, very tough to beat in. They, now they've had stellar performances across all different metas. They're most likely going to run the double shield meta, which if they do, they're going to have their work cut out for them. And so, my final prediction, I'm saying that this is going to be a 3-2 in favor of Guangzhou. Now, that being said, I do not think that Chengdu is a bad team. They are amazing at what they do. This is going to be a close match. To me, it's too close to call, but I am going to give the edge over, no, over to the Guangzhou charge, simply because Nero, Happy, and Eileen, all of them look comfortable in whatever it is that they play. And I really think that that sense of comfort that they have is going to be better than just any star play player that Chengdu uh, has in Jinbu, in Amang, in Elsa. So, 
I want I want Chengdu to prove me wrong. I really I really do. I want them to break their losing streak. I want them to prove me wrong right here, right now. If there was ever a match to do it, it'd be this one. Moving on now, we have the Shanghai Dragon versus the Hangzhou Spark. This to me is going to be a tough one to even watch, really. Like both these teams have stellar performances over the past few a few weeks. However, I am going to give the win three to one to Shanghai. They just seem like the stronger lineup. Like as strong as the other Eastern teams are, Shanghai has been topping all of them. Like I think they only lost once, but then, but then they really haven't lost at all afterwards. Like yeah, they might have dropped the map or two, but they still came out with the three map win victory. So that's gonna be my prediction: three to one in favor of Hangzhou. Up next, we have. Wangzhou Charge versus Hangzhou Spark. It's always the Zhao that kind of mess with me, just saying. So, this one, I think this is gonna go off of the momentum of the previous ma matchup. Like, if if the Spark wins their matchup against Shanghai, then they're set to win against Charge. Likewise, if Charge wins their matchup against, against the Hunters, then they're set to win against the Spark. However, if we're going strictly off of momentum base, then a Hangzhou win over Shanghai would mean a Hangzhou win over uh, over the charge. So with that, I'm giving my prediction over to Hangzhou Spark. I'm gonna say it's three to two because both of them want to keep their win streak go going. Or even well, Charger wants to keep their win streak going regardless. Spark, however, winning against the Shanghai. That is just a huge morale boost in their favor, so I think it's just going to go to Hangzhou based on whatever it is going to be the matchup. Now granted, if Shanghai, and I'm right, if Shanghai does win against Spark, then Charge is going to win a 3-1. Three, a three that, that's my full prediction. And last but definitely not least, we have Shengdu Hunters versus Shanghai Dragons. I'm gonna give this a three to one against, or three to one in favor of Shanghai for the same reasons that I've said that I've said for Spark. Granted, I don't think that Hunters are gonna go down without a fight. I do think that they are going to give everything they got in whatever comp they decide to run. However, it's still going to be a challenge because Shanghai has been looking like a power house easily top five team in the overwatch league which to me puts a smile on my face actually considering that they were the team that was on a 0 and 42 lost streak when it came to the their early season and most of it was because they just they just couldn't get the right amount of practice in or the right rhythm in for the first season but once everything kind of like fell into place and then all of their lineups just Set up the way they did. They've been looking very dominating on in the Overwatch scene. Not so much for season two, but for this season, absolutely. So I am going to give this a three to one victory against uh, against Hunters. Shanghai is going to win. And with that, that is going to be the end of this episode for Overwatch. Now, thank you everybody for tuning in. Be sure to show your support by following us 
here on Podbean, over on Twitter at Dude's Media Network. I am your host, Music Man. You can follow me on Twitter at MusicMan underscore MLB. And I really mean, mean this. So if you can do me a favor, I, I really don't expect a lot of you to do this, but just enough of you. Just add, go to Dylan's Twitter, add Dylan to do GM, GMS, I believe it. I believe it is. Yeah, add Dylan to do dudes GMS or Dylan to do games, and just tell him how much you appreciate him. He's he's been a good friend to me, to me, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I I really feel bad for things that have been happening in his life with COVID nineteen, with personal issues that I just wish there was more that I could do to help. So I just want. I just, for now, the most that I can do is ask all of you lovely listeners to just go to his Twitter, tell him how much you appreciate him, and how whatever it is that he's going through, he will get out of. And yeah, tune in next week for another episode of Watch Now. Have a good night.